Welcome to the Weekly Sprawl. You are tuned in to episode 68. Today we're going to talk about our winners and losers from the past week, and then we're going to dive into some games of the week, and all along we'll string in some of the latest in NFL news. Some interesting things happened this week as well. Uh, my name is Cyrus. First and foremost, want to introduce my co-hosts here. I got Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan with me. How are you guys doing? Doing, doing good. I won some fantasy games that mean absolutely nothing because I'm already out of the playoffs. But, uh, you know, it's nice to end the regular season on a strong note. And, uh, you know, maybe if I was in a dynasty league or a, a keeper league, I would uh, feel pretty good going forward. But tis not my year. Yeah, I mean, uh, Niners season's over officially with a loss yesterday to the Bills. So I'm just going to kind of enjoy this season as a fan. Uh, looking forward to that. And also, there's college football still being played. This is like the latest the regular season of college football has gone into. So that's a cool little wrinkle and otherwise a very unusual, to say the least, year. Uh, but yeah, it could be worse. It could be Eagles fans. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, K- Casey, you can let the people know if you want. You, you beat me in, in one of the fantasy leagues. It's nope. okay. You got your revenge. I beat you last time. Um, yeah. But I am in the playoffs and you are not, so that's pretty chill. I'm enjoying that. Good it's sort of like a flip of our, our, our teams, you know, the Packers oh, and the Eagles. it is. No, well, you beat me in real life and in <laughs> fantasy. So I know, but the, the Packers goes. are in the playoffs and the Eagles are yes, on the outside. Yes, the Eagles are Anyways, at this complete point. opposite. Who knows, Jalen, Jalen Hurts Still guy might, chance. Uh, you know, go on a little yeah. run. and get We'll you talk in. about that, I think. I have a feeling at some point in this podcast we'll go into more detail on that, but... Um, interesting time to be a football fan for sure. Uh, let's talk about winners and losers from the past week. We dive right in. Uh, let's keep it in the NFC East. Durgan, give us your winner. Yep, I got the New York Football Giants. Uh, it's about time to give them some credit. Uh, Joe Judge started off really shaky this year, one and seven, but won four straight. And they're still a bad team, of course, but they don't really have a lot of talent, so you can't really expect them to be good. And their best player, Saquon Barkley. Uh, has been out essentially the whole year. But they beat the Seahawks with Colt McCoy as their quarterback, which is bananas to imagine. And the defense looks solid. Leonard Williams, who they acquired last year from the Jets, eight and a half sacks. Uh, so he's been playing really well. He's due for a new contract this year. Excited to see how that turns out for him. Uh, they have a tough schedule down the stretch. I think they need to go 2-2 two and two to make the playoffs uh, unquestionably. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I mean, they, they're playing tough. They're in every single game. So they might pull some uh, magic out of their hat. Yeah, for sure. Or if you're Jason Witten, they might pull a rabbit out of their head, you know, uh, <laughs> which would be a, a fun thing to see. But uh, props to them for winning with Colt McCoy. You know, I didn't think they were, they were really going to stand a chance against the, the Seahawks. They played the Buccaneers really tight a few weeks ago as well. Like, they have been in games for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like Joe Judge is a good hire there, and they're they're getting things going. And now they're uh, sort of pushing towards the end with the the Washington football team as far as trying to to win that division. Um, but but props to them, yeah, they deserve some recognition because that defense is coming on pretty strong. They've struggled on offense a little bit at times, but uh, you know they're playing relatively complete football as much as their roster will allow right now. Yeah, that defense, I mean, that defense basically carried them to this win, I feel like. It, it was a it was an interesting performance. I mean, overall, you know, you take a look at the NFC East, and really it's sort of the opposite of what I would have expected. Even with knowing that all of these teams are playing pretty poorly, um, 
to have the Giants in Washington five and seven at the top, and then have Philly and Dallas just kind of chilling at the bottom, playing really bad football. I mean, we'll see what we're recording this before the Cowboys play the Ravens on Tuesday night. Tuesday night football seems to be coming like a normal thing, which is odd. But we're we're uh, recording this before that game, so this could be wrong. But it seems like the the Cowboys and Philly are just in shambles at the moment, and uh, the Giants are capitalizing. So kudos to them for sure. Uh, Casey, let's go to your winner. Who do you got for the for the past week? Yeah, I've got Cyrus's favorite dark horse lock playoff team of all time, <laughs> the Cleveland Browns, who are now you know right in the driver's seat for getting into the playoffs. Uh, they sort of manhandled the the Tennessee Titans this week. They were up like thirty something points in the first half, and then sort of cruised to a, a victory there. Even though the Titans made a little bit of a push at the end, it was never truly in, th- in a threatening m- manner in, in which the Browns could end up losing that game. Um, so props to them. We, we were saying, you know, they hadn't beaten very many teams uh, the whole way through, and here is their chance to prove that they belong, uh, and they did. I mean, Baker lit up that secondary, played very, very well. Chubb might be the best running back in football right now, and the Browns are 9-3. and three. And, you know, the AFC North is not totally out of the question either. So the Steelers lost and the the Browns and the Steelers have a matchup at the end of the year. So uh, if the Browns are able to win that one and the Steelers drop one more, they have some tough games coming up as well. You know, the the AFC North might be within throwing distance for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I mean, Browns are playing very well right now. I would say uh, they're just about a lock make the playoffs but they are the cleveland browns and until they actually do make the playoffs i can't count on them to do anything but this team has a recipe to win they run the ball well baker mayfield played very well this past week so if he can keep at that level or near that level this team in theory could make a playoff run i don't know if it'll happen but they can um they play they said the steelers they played the ravens this week so they have some tough almost playoff like matchups coming up which will be a good indicator of how far this team can really go. Yeah, and this is a good Titans team. We've praised this Titans team, uh, you know, a lot on this podcast. I know it's that's like Casey. If the Browns are my AFC team, that's like Casey's AFC team. So <laughs> I have this a lot was, of AFC, you know nothing AFC to understate. Teams. I mean, okay, fair. You do. You kind of you ride on on multiple bandwagons, but that's cool. Yeah, I do. We we uh, we support you in in all of all of your choices. Um, I appreciate it, but. This Browns team, this might be the best I've ever seen them play, especially Baker Mayfield. I was really impressed with what he did out there. This is probably the best game I've seen him play as a pro. Over 300 yards, four touchdowns, really efficient, 76% passing. This was this was a really good performance. This is what you want to see if you're a Browns team coming up against really good competition. Um, and this is the first time they've had a 30-point lead, I believe, since 2003. So it's been a while. I mean, obviously, we know the Browns have had their their share of turmoil the past, you know, for a little while here. But this is this is encouraging. You know, coming into the playoffs, this is encouraging. This is what you want to see from your team. So, you know, I picked the Browns. I've been picking them for a while. They just they've been too talented on paper not to succeed. And I think Stefanski's finally the guy to put the pieces of the puzzle together. And it seems like that's happening. So good for them. Definitely a winner. Um, I'll transition here and talk about my winner of the week. I was going to pick the Browns. Casey kind of stole my pick, but that's okay because I still got to talk about them. Instead, I'm going to talk about the Dolphins who, you know, they beat the Bengals. That's that's fine. But in the grand scheme of things, this is a team that came out, lost three of their first four games, and then have only lost one game since on their way to an 8-4 and four record where they currently sit. 
And if the playoffs were to happen tomorrow, they would have a wild card spot. And this is a team last year, many were considering one of the worst in the league. And now they're turning it around and they're going to be in the playoffs potentially. So this is huge, I think. Brian Flores is looking like the coach that Detroit thought Matt Patricia was. And uh, he has this team playing very well. And their gamble to hire a linebackers coach away from the Pats is clearly paying dividends for this Miami organization. They're putting pressure on Buffalo who's nine and three, they just beat the Niners. But imagine if they had lost, you know, that's, that would be, that would be a tough, uh, a tough pill to swallow because you're tied with Miami. So this is exciting. I think, uh, I think this division is going to be exciting down the line. And, you know, Tua's looked like a rookie at times, but he's also showed flashes and um, lots of encouraging signs for the Dolphins. And that defense is playing well too. So good things to come in Miami, I think. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think Xavier Howard is uh, under the radar yes. defensive player of the year candidate in, in my book. I think he has something like eight interceptions or so and has a quarterback rating when targeted of like 45 or something. Um, he's making plays all over the field, and that defense is making plays all over the field. Even though they don't have very many premier names, especially on the defensive line, uh, they're making things happen. So props to Brian Flores. They're a fun team to watch, even though the offense isn't super flashy. I think they're like 31st or something like that in offense for passing. Um, but they're getting the job done. They're, they're, they're flying around. They're playing with high effort. And, uh, you know, they're, they're a fun team to root for. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think Brian Flores should be coach of the year. Uh, there's plenty of worthy contenders, in my opinion. But what he's done with this team is absolutely incredible. Like you said, they don't really have the top-end names like other teams, especially on offense. I mean, they have Tua, who's a rookie quarterback, offense line shaky, running backs, a bunch of no names, and Devontae Parker. And yet they're still getting the job done. So good for them. Uh, I hope they make the playoffs. Uh, They don't think they are a legit team to be afraid of, uh, per se. But this team down the line is going to be – a nightmare for AFC East teams. And I think that division is going to be really tough next few years because you have them, the Bills, like you mentioned, uh, Patriots, as long as Belichick's there, they'll always be competitive. And then it looks like Trevor Lawrence is going to New York. So that's going to be a really exciting division uh, to look out for next few years. Yeah. Yeah. Just seeing that turnaround, it's almost, I mean, I don't want to quite put it on the same level, but it's almost Niners-esque in the sense that, you know, to have such a bad uh, a bad season, uh, and then turn it around and just play the way they're playing. It's it's uh, really encouraging. So looking forward to seeing what happens with the Dolphins. Durgan, we'll go to you here and we'll switch to the losing mm-hmm. side. What do you have as your first loser from the past week? So my loser, a little unconventional, because uh, this team actually did win, and it's the Las Vegas Raiders. But they should have lost to the New York Jets, who are pathetic in every sense of the word, haven't won a game this year. And the way they won that game with Greg Williams bringing seven guys on the blitz, uh, there's a stat that in that a similar scenario where the team has the ball uh, and the defense is up by four to eight points, past the 40-yard line, under 15 seconds, only one person has sent a blitz in 251 attempts. Greg Williams. And he's fired, thank goodness. But the Raiders' defense is shockingly thin. They gave up 100 yards rushing to Tyler Johnson a guy who's bounced around rosters the past few years. And right now their offense kind of just runs through Darren Waller, who's a phenomenal player. He had 200 yards receiving. So he's a player. He's, I think, the third best tight end unquestioned right now in football. But this team should have dominated the Jets after getting you know, blown out the week before by the Falcons. 
They still should finish no worse than 9-7, and seven, which might make the playoffs. But this team, I, I, in back of my head, I'm like, okay, they're coming. They're coming. They're coming. And then the last two weeks, they've totally looked terrible. And I think this team is a few players away from being an actual Super Bowl contender. I'm still pretty high on the Raiders. I know they didn't look fantastic. Well, they looked pretty like dog shit against the Falcons, <laughs> but they, they managed to win against the Jets, whatever circumstances were involved. And uh, they're right in a position this week, I think is really going to determine their playoff chances against the Colts because they're both sitting at seven and five, I believe, uh, or eight and five. Uh, and the, the winner of that is going to have the tiebreaker for the wild card, and that's going to go a very long way. So, um, you know, they escaped this sort of little stretch here where they haven't played very well. Josh Jacobs didn't play well or didn't play at all. Um, he was out. So if he comes back, I think that offense starts to look a little bit better, um, looks a little bit less one-dimensional with Darren Waller having whatever it was, 200 yards and a couple touchdowns. Um, I think Derek Carr needs to even out a little bit, and that run game will help as well. You sort of need all the cylinders clicking on offense for for Gruden's offense to operate. And when you don't have a running back, it it makes things pretty difficult. So I think they'll be fine. This is just a very important game coming up for them. Yeah, I'm not as worried either. Uh, You know, the Raiders, to use your term, Durgan, you've said this quite a few times about a few teams, but the Raiders kind of play to their competition a little bit. So... You know, I'm, I, this is a team that's in games with the Chiefs and beats beats them, and and is in games with the Saints and beats them, and plays well against good teams. Seems like they also play poorly against poor teams. So, it is what it is. They still got the win. Um, you know, Henry Ruggs finally showing showing his speed. Really, really interesting to see that that blitz call, which we've talked about. Um, I, I I I don't know if you mentioned it, but it was the only time this season I think a, a defensive coordinator has sent eight plus men. Um, it's it's it, it's weird man the jets <laughs> you know conspiracy theory here they're they want to lose and they're doing a good job at it but i just feel bad for for darnold i feel bad for that whole organization if you're a jets fan like it's not a good time to be a fan of new york football unless i mean maybe giants but still not really so uh casey let's go to your loser here what do, what do you got for this week Sure, I'm going to go to another team that tends to play to their level of competition, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who dropped a game against the Washington football team. And I don't think anyone really gave Washington a real shot at winning that game, but that defensive line came to play, and the Steelers have looked a little bit shaky for a couple of weeks now. They didn't play very well against the Ravens uh, with that rescheduled game that was supposed to be on Thanksgiving and then was like almost a full week later. Um and, and now they've lost to Washington. And the Chiefs are also 11-1 and now. And the Steelers really haven't had a bye week the entire year because of COVID reschedulings. And now they dropped a game that they should have won and may have lost their only chance at a true bye going into the postseason. So uh, that's a big hit to their you know bye week hopes. And they don't have a, a ton of easy games left. They play the Bills still. Um, and they have to play the Browns to finish the season as well. So it's theoretically they could they could drop pretty far as far as seeding goes. Um, and props to the the Washington football team. They came to play. Alex Smith made some fantastic throws. Um, even without Antonio Gibson, who who went down early, that offense did enough against a very very good Steelers defense uh, and won the game at the end. So props to them and uh, sucks for the Steelers. Yeah, Steelers, they desperately needed a bio week later on this season. And it's unfortunate because 
the reason why they got those games rescheduled weren't because of them. It was the other teams not following COVID protocols. Uh, so it was quite unfortunate for them. But they look a little bit sluggish, uh, particularly on offense. I feel like their defense can still play. They have a few injuries, but they, they're still all right. Their offense, their offense line is not giving as much time for Big Ben to throw. He's not as mobile as he used to be, so he's feeling more pressure, and his arm strength isn't what it was in the past. So he can't like push the ball down the field as well. I still think they're fine in terms of winning the division. But like you said, the Chiefs are looking like they'll get that top seed now. And the Steelers, I think, are going to win a playoff game. But I don't know if they are an actual threat to the Chiefs right now who look much better than the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, I think if anybody can get it done, I mean, we're looking at the, the Steelers, potentially maybe the Titans, Dark Horse, maybe the Browns. I, we'll see if they keep up this form. But... um yeah, uh, it's a it's a game you can't drop really. I mean, against a team that is in the worst division in football, so unfortunate to see. I don't know that you can necessarily blame a bye week. Maybe if it was a, a more more difficult opponent, you could you could kind of bring that in. But I think this is a game that they should have won. And really, it kind of came down to the run game for me. It just didn't show up. So I I don't know. I don't know what you do. I think you're fine. There's no reason to panic, but. Um, definitely uh should should still be undefeated speaking of undefeated let's talk about undefeated in taking l's here and we'll move to my loser carson wentz this is personal to me obviously as you guys know but i'm gonna dive into this and you know i was reading a, a article on the ringer um i don't know if you guys are familiar but very cool publication interesting articles um and they were talking about wentz and a prestigious award in the NFL called the Triple Frown of quarterbacking. Like the Triple Crown. You get it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay, you got it. Cool. So what this consists of is interceptions, sacks, and fumbles. And Carson Wentz was in a prime position to win this prestigious award. Um, and seems like the only person to ever actually do it, to ever actually lead the league in all three of those. Can you guys guess? I'm curious. I mean, you're written down here, so I don't want to cheat and look at it. Oh, you saw it already. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you see it too, Casey? I, I just read it, but I, I wouldn't have guessed that name. Same. It makes sense once I, I read it. it. But All right. Well, for, for the listeners out there, the only player to ever do this is Blake Bortles. The boat. Um, yeah. So not surprising. I maybe would have guessed like Jameis Winston. Yeah, that's what I would have well. yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, entering Sunday, Wentz led the league in, in both of those first two categories in interceptions and sacks. He was, he's been sacked 50 times. The next highest is, is Russell Wilson, who's been sacked 40 times. And then below that, it drops out to the thirties. So it's been a, t- it's been a rough season, man. Like all around, it's been an extremely rough season for Wentz. The worst he's had in his career, even, even worse than his rookie season, um, so I, I don't know. I don't really know what you do other than bring in the rookie quarterback that you that you uh, drafted in the second round. So you did. Jalen Hurts got some playtime, which was cool to see. And more concerningly, if you're a Carson Wentz supporter and you believe in him as your franchise quarterback, this team looked like it had new life when Jalen Hurts entered the game. They looked like a different team on offense. Hurts had 104 net yards on 15 dropbacks. Wentz had 57 net yards on 19 dropbacks. Hertz also ran for 29 yards. He, he was the leading rusher in that game, uh, and he barely played. So I don't know. It's a, it's a very interesting time to be an Eagles fan for sure. 
And there are tons of speculation now surrounding Carson Wentz, his future. Is he going to be traded? Potential trade destinations. I know the Niners have been discussed. I know a few other teams have been discussed as potential landing spots. I'm not sure. I think it might be a little premature for that sort of talk. But you can't label Carson Wentz anything other than a loser at this point. He's played atrociously. The offensive line has been no help to him. But as you see, Russell Wilson's right up there, too, with with just potentially as equally as shitty of an offensive line and he's having an MVP caliber season. So there definitely has to be some onus on Carson Wentz. And uh, unfortunately, you know, it pains me to say, but he is my loser of the week and uh, the season so far, actually. So Carson Wentz's situation is one of the more interesting situations for a quarterback. I think we've ever seen because he was an MVP caliber player not too long ago. And now he is like you said, he's he's dog shit. He's terrible. And you have you have to give Jalen Hurts a chance because you're in a right now you're a top ten pick in the draft. So if you want to you know, if you're for sure done with Carson Wentz, which I don't think they are, you have to see what you have with Jalen Hurts uh, before the draft happens. And the problem with Carson Wentz, if you're done with him, he takes up so much of your cap. They can't cut him this year. Like there's a zero percent chance he will get cut. You can trade him. But his trade value, what it is now compared to what it was before the season started, is totally different. I mean, before the year, if you want to trade him, you're getting multiple first-round picks. Now, what are you going to get? Because you don't know who he is. You honestly don't know who oh. he is. I mean, I still, you're not getting anything. Yeah, you're, not getting, you're getting a salary dump. Exactly. That's what you're getting. I think the salary dump, you, know. you still have to owe him a decent amount of money even if you trade him. So that's why it's so confusing for the Eagles. Now to see how good uh, Hurts is. If Hurts comes in, lights it up, he has to be your guy next year. But if he plays average, you have to give Carson Wentz, I think, one more season. And then after that, the cap pit is still big. But it's a lot more manageable than what it will be next year. But it's kind of sad to see. I mean, I'm a huge Carson Wentz guy. He was one of my top five quarterbacks in five years uh, that we did this offseason. But I don't know if it's mentally... Uh, Casey, I suggested some of his mechanics are a little bit off. Of course, his offensive line is terrible. His receivers aren't great. But there, there is something wrong with Carson Wentz, and I don't think it's coaching and Doug Peterson. I mean, I think it's a little bit of everything. Uh, like it's Cyrus said, the offensive line is trash. There's not very many weapons for him. Um, his, his mechanics are all fucked up. Um, Doug Peterson isn't calling super... Uh, easy plays for him to sort of get into a groove with um he likes to be you know he's always done a little bit of the hero ball running around making a play and when he's accurate and he's on and he does that like he's a transcendent talent um but if you have a bad offensive line and you know your quarterback is prone to do that uh you don't want to go call plays that have only deep routes you know what I mean? Like that's just going to play into him wanting to run around and scramble and make a bad decision or hold on to the ball too long and fumble it or take a sack. Um, so all those things sort of seem like they're conglomerating into one big issue, which is the Philadelphia Eagles offense. Um, it, but like Cyrus said, Jalen Hurts gave them a spark. Um, it seemed like that team came a little bit uh, alive. They, they almost came back on the Packers. Um, especially with, you know, Jalen Rager returning that punt, a little bit of a Jalen Rager sighting there, which was cool to see. Um, as long as they didn't end up beating the Packers, I was happy to see it. Um, 
But yeah, I think you got to give Hertz a chance, and this is going to be a tough matchup for him coming up this week. So I would hedge some expectations against the Saints. They have a really good defense, so I wouldn't expect them to you know blow the doors off and have this great game. Um, if you're going to turn to him, I just I think you got to give him the rest of the season. I don't think you can throw him into the, to the Wolves against the Saints and then just be like, oh yeah, you played like shit. We're going to put Wentz back in because that's not really a fair look at him. Yep. Totally agree. All true. Totally agree. All true. All right, let's let's move on from this uh, stressful uh, topic <laughs> and and discuss a little bit. Uh, we'll dive into our games of the week here. We have the first game: Steelers at Bills, a potentially exciting AFC matchup. Durgan, what do you think shakes out in this one? Yes, this is the Sunday night football game next week. So great to see that everyone's gonna be able to watch it. I'm gonna go with the Steelers thirty-one twenty-seven. Steelers coming off their first loss, obviously. I think they want to rebound and show that they're not, you know, this team that's a joke, uh, even though that they are on a short week. The Bills are on a short week, too, so it's not going to be a huge issue. Uh, they will get pressure on Allen. The Niners couldn't get any pressure on Josh Allen. They kept playing zone coverage, and he just picked them apart. Steelers' defense a little more athletic in the front right now. And also, the weather's going to be pretty crappy. So I don't think Josh Allen will be as comfortable uh, than he was this past week where he just, you know, like I said, looked incredible. And also, James Conner is back for the Steelers. Their rush offense has been non-existent since he's been out. Benny Snell has taken over. That guy runs like he has rocks in his socks. It's really bad. Uh, so I think Steelers in a close one, 31-27. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Bills. I like Josh Allen. I know Cyrus hates him, but <laughs> I'm a believer. And you know the Steelers, especially on offense, have looked shaky for a while now. They had 21 total rush yards against the Washington Football Team this last week. Um, like you said, the the run game has been non-existent, and really the deep ball hasn't been there that much for the Steelers either. They have some great talent, but a lot of it is underneath throwing sort of rhythm throws, possession football, and then you have some really talented receivers that can run after the catch. But if you play disciplined defense, uh, you can sort of rein in that that offense and sort of keep yourself in the game, which is what the Washington football team did. Um, Good thing for the the Bills because they you know they struggled defending the run and the Steelers struggled to run the ball. We'll see if James Conner can can remedy that for them, but I I think the the Bills offense is going to be too much for the Steelers offense to keep up with. I think it'll be a pretty close game, um, but ultimately I, I sort of trust the Bills offense more than I do the Steelers offense right now. And if the Steelers defense can't even stop, you know, Alex Smith on one leg and uh, no running back and only Terry McLaurin, then they're going to have a rude awakening when they play the Bills this, this coming week. So I have the Bills winning 27 to 20. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> I got the, I got the Steelers winning this one. Josh Allen will regress to the mean again um and struggle against the best defense in the league in my opinion Steelers need to figure out how to run the ball James Conner helps immensely I think um hopefully he stays healthy for the rest of the season because he's going to be needed for sure but if they don't run the ball well um this might be their second loss of the season it's possible I still think the Steelers have the advantage here in most facets of the game and all they need to do I think is make less mistakes and they'll win this. I'm going to say it's, it'll be relatively close, though. I think Steelers 28, Bills 24. But I got to go with the Steelers in this one. Let's go to our next game of the week. We got the Ravens at the Browns. 
Yeah, this is for me the Hungry Dog Gets the Bone game of the week. The Ravens absolutely need this win. The Browns don't. Browns are playing well. Ravens aren't playing so well. We don't know how they're going to play against the Cowboys. I'm going to go ahead and go on a huge limb and say they'll beat the crap out of the Cowboys. I know. Shocker. But both teams are pretty good, actually, against the run. And actually, they both want to run the ball a lot. But one huge stat that I think a lot of people are ignoring is somehow the Browns' point differential this year is minus 15. They're 9-3, and three, but they're being outscored by 15 points. So while they look great against the Titans this past week, I think it's a little bit of fool's gold. Still like them, but I think the Ravens will pull out the win. Close one, 28-24. Also, week one, the Ravens beat these guys by 30 points. So I think they have their number as well. Well, I was going to say that to use it as the opposite. I think the the Browns are going to be hungry because they got beat early and they want to go prove that, you know, they're the big dogs in in the division now, uh, so to speak, aside from the Steelers. Um, But I don't think the Ravens are going to make the playoffs. I mean, they're they've got a tough hill to climb. Their, Their games aren't that tough outside of this Cleveland Browns game. But they're six and five right now, and they've got a. They're behind the the, the Raiders. They're behind the Colts. They're behind the Titans. They're behind the Dolphins. Uh, the Patriots have the same record as them right now. Going into this Tuesday night game, they both have six wins. Um, so I, I'm not sold. The Ravens are even going to make the playoffs, and I think the Browns are playing better football right now. Miles um, Garrett is back. He's playing fantastically. Um, and, you know, the combination of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are gashing teams. So when you have that going and Baker Mayfield is throwing conservatively and running play action and doing what he does, uh, they're a tough team to stop. And I trust that quarterback and that run game more than I trust the Ravens right now. The Ravens haven't played well in what feels like months at this point. Um, so I'm going to roll with the Browns in a not even very close game. Well, almost a flip of, of week one. I have the Browns winning 37 to 20. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you, Casey, on a lot of that. You know, last season when you thought Ravens, that was a team to be feared, right? That was a matchup where you say, shit, like we have to play a top-tier defense and then we also have to game plan for Lamar Jackson, who's playing at an MVP level and doing things that we haven't seen a quarterback do maybe since Michael Vick. So... I'm totally with you that this team this year seems like a different team. Like when you go into this matchup against the Ravens, you're no longer, you know, fearful for your life the way you were last season. So I don't think the Browns are going to be feeling that fear. I think they're going to come in, they're rolling, they're hot. They're, they're feeling good off of a really, really, really good win against a, a probably a Titans team. That's a lot better than the Ravens. I think this season, at least. So I, I got to say, I think this is also not going to be like the closest of matchups, but I do think the Ravens are the hungrier dog, like Durgan said, so I think they'll they'll keep it competitive, but I got to go Browns with the W. I'm going to say Browns 34, Ravens 28, um, and I just like what the Browns are doing out on the field uh, so far, and I think, I think they're rolling, so going with the Browns. Let's move on. We got the Colts at Raiders. Durgan, I think I have an idea which way you're going with this one, but <laughs> take it away, man. Yeah, you'd be right. Uh, I'm going to go Colts 34-27. This will be a lot of old-school football. Both teams want to run the ball down your throat. I think the reason why the Raiders didn't play Josh Jacobs this past week was to get him ready for this Colts game, which is huge. Uh, But the Raiders' run defense, like I said earlier, did not look good this past week. And the Colts' run defense is one of the best. Actually, both good against the run and the pass. While I don't like Phillip Rivers, uh, I think he's playing okay. He's playing good enough in the regular season. 
Uh, he's a hold him back in the postseason, but he's playing good enough for them to win a game like this. And one thing I want to point out, DeForest Buckner, now a member of the Colts, was a member of the 49ers when they sacked Derek Carr seven times in a Thursday night football game to the point where Derek Carr started crying on the field. Derek Carr will see ghosts the first time DeForest Buckner hits him, and I think he'll be shook all game. Might not happen, but it'd be a fun theory. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, I, you know, I'm big on the Raiders. They're one of my five AFC teams that I love. <laughs> um, so I'm going to keep riding with them. I, I said it after they lost to the Chiefs when uh, you know they had the go-ahead touchdown and then Mahomes got the ball with like a minute to go and you sort of knew what was going to happen. But the Raiders have proven, sort of like Cyrus said earlier, they can play with anybody, good or bad. And uh, if Josh Jacobs is playing this game, then I like the Raiders' chances because with him in the in the game, everything sort of evens out. They get to their bread and butter. They're able to work the run game, the play action, get Darren Waller involved, and uh, I just trust them a little bit more. It sounds weird to say than I do Philip Rivers. Uh, I hate Philip Rivers like. Cyrus hates Josh Allen and like Durkin <laughs> hates Lamar Jackson. We all have our quarterbacks and you know Rivers is the one that I hate. So I'm going to ride with the Raiders 30 to 28 in a, in a close one. I got a very similar score to Casey in this game, but you know ultimately I'm not sold on the consistency of either of these teams, uh but I'm willing to overlook the fact that the Raiders barely beat the Jets and uh probably only did because of a really really dumb defensive call, but I like what the Raiders are doing overall, you know, from a high level. If you take a look at what they're doing this season, I think they're playing good football, you know. And the Colts, on the other hand, I I think there's some unanswered questions on that team, um, particularly on offense. Their defense is top tier, but I'm not I'm not sold on that offense being able to keep pace with the Raiders, which is something I didn't think I'd ever be, really be saying. But <laughs> the Raiders, I, I think they uh, they felt the loss of Josh Jacobs more than they thought they would. You know, Devontae Booker came in and then filled in that role, but didn't do a very good job at it. And uh, Josh Jacobs, we can't really overlook that he is a phenomenal talent at the running back position. So I think him coming back, if, he, if he's playing this week, will have a bigger impact than a lot of people think. And I, I, I will give the Raiders the benefit of the doubt, you know, from the Jets game. So I'm going to say Raiders 30, Colts 27 in a close game. This could be a secret or a uh, quietly fun fun game to watch. So I'm going to go Raiders taking the W. Uh, let's go to our next game. we got the Chiefs at Dolphins. Durgan, take it away. Yeah, I think this game's actually closer than the experts think. Uh, I got the Chiefs winning, of course, 24-20. Dolphins D will make this a game. And I think Brian Flores is an elite-level coach, like I mentioned earlier. And he sees that this offense is still a work in progress. Tua, we mentioned earlier, flashes of brilliance but overall still developing as a passer so i think they don't want to make this game a shootout they want to run the ball uh whoever they have running the ball they have you know the like special teams players at this point getting a carries for them but they want to just you know kind of enforce their will they're at home they won't get blown out i think and they'll keep it close for a while but patrick mahomes way too much and uh, will ultimately pull out the win yeah, we talked about it a little bit earlier, and ultimately, I think it, it comes down to Patrick Mahomes in that offense, and uh, we talked about the Dolphins not having any premier players, especially on the defensive line, 
and that's why the uh, the Dolphins have blitzed so frequently is because they can't get home with four most of the time. And when you're playing a guy like Patrick Mahomes who can diagnose the blitz and they have speed and Tyreek Hill and guys that can win one-on-one and then do something with, with the ball in their hands afterwards, um, that's not a great recipe. So um, if Patrick Mahomes can beat that blitz, which I think he can, I think the Chiefs should win this one. I, I just don't trust Tua to be able to you know, be consistent enough through the entire game to go shot for shot with Patrick Mahomes. I think this will be a very exciting matchup to watch in, in upcoming seasons, especially as that Dolphins team grows. They got two first-round picks coming up in this this draft here in uh, whatever it is, 2021. Um, but for this season, I got the Chiefs winning 30-20. to 20. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll follow suit there. I got the Chiefs winning as well. I think we all kind of figured that that would be our choices here for this matchup. And, you know, the X factor in this game is definitely Tua, right? If Tua plays well, this could be closer than we might think. If he comes out and makes a rookie mistake or two, this is not going to be a close game, right? Patrick Mahomes is too good. There's a reason this team is 11-1 and this season. Even though they faced some adversity and at times they were in some close games that they probably shouldn't have been in, the Chiefs are still an elite, elite team, potentially the best in the league, I think, uh, there's some other cases you could make, but the Chiefs, you know, looking like they're on their way to a potential repeat. I don't see the the uh, Dolphins who have uh, been hot, but you know, not necessarily to the same degree as the Chiefs. I don't see them really standing a chance in this one. So I'm going to go Chiefs 37, Dolphins 24. Um, could be could be a fun game to watch as well. So keep an eye out for this one. Let's move on to our next game. We got the Vikings at the Buccaneers. Durgan. The Vikings are somehow 6-6, six and six, and if the playoffs started today, they would be in some, somehow. I mean, they're not a very good team, in my opinion. But the Bucs, they're only 7-5. and five. They've been pretty disappointing this year, but this is a huge opportunity to get back on track. Vikings have a weak pass rush, uh, pretty weak against the run as well. And I think that if the Buccaneers can finally realize that Tom Brady isn't the guy who wants to throw the ball deep and wants to you know, hit slants and out routes and get the ball out of his hand quickly, this is the perfect chance to get that, you know, offensive rhythm going. On the flip side, the Bucks' defense, outside of trying to defend Tyreek Hill, has been pretty good this year. And I think they'll bring the house on a weak offensive line for the Vikings. And Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. Uh, he is what he is. Nothing special. So I think the Bucks 35-24. Yeah, this is a very big, big, big game as far as wild card goes. Um, and if the Vikings win, you know the Buccaneers are going to be in a lot of trouble. And if the Buccaneers win, the Vikings are going to be in a lot of trouble. Um, so I think they're they're both going to come to play. But um, you know I got to give the advantage to the front seven of the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and shutting down Dalvin Cook. And if you can do that, you know it, it becomes a very one dimensional team and cousins has played pretty pretty well this season um i think he might have even been the the nfc player of the year or not player of the year <laughs> player of the month for for november um because he was dotting things up um and you know justin jefferson looks like a really good pick adam thielen is still there and then you have dalvin cook they've got some weapons on offense uh, but if dalvin cook can't get going then it's going to make things tough so ultimately, I'm going to go with the Bucks in a, in a game that they kind of have to have to cement their spot in the playoffs. Um, I can't imagine Tom Brady would would lay a dud um, with, with so much on the line here. So I'm going to go with the Buccaneers, 30 to 24. Yeah, this is a this is a situation where Durgan both both uh, dogs are extremely hungry here, yes. man. So 
I'm not sure which one's going to get the bone, but I will lean towards the Bucks. Just, you know, when I look at these teams on paper, I like what the Bucks are doing a little bit more, and I think they have a little more talent both on both sides of the ball. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Coupons. <laughs> Story of two halves, man. Uh, this guy came out and had one of the worst starts I've ever seen a quarterback have. He was playing Carson Wentz-level play in this season. And then in the past month, maybe past five, six games, he's been playing really well. So uh, this team, you know, it's not an easy win for the Bucks at all by any sense of the imagination. I don't think this is going to be a cakewalk for the Buccaneers. But I think that the uh, the Tom Brady factor can't be, uh, can't be un- overlooked. This is a guy who's been in situations like this before, playing against a guy who I don't I don't know that I believe in to be thoroughly consistent in Kirk Cousins. So I gotta take I gotta take the proven veteran Tom Brady over Kirk Cousins in this sort of situation. And I think the Bucks uh, they're getting healthier, they're getting better. You know, we said it; they'll come out a little slow and they'll kind of get cohesive throughout the season. They've done exactly that. You know, Ronald Jones is looking like a legitimate running back. There were questions about that position coming in. They even they even uh, went out and got Leonard Fournette, who hasn't really been much of a factor. So I like what the Bucks are doing. I think they're poised to uh, to keep pushing the Saints for that uh, for that division. I don't know that they get it, but I think they can take this W against the Vikings. Um, and that is our last game of the week, so we can wrap things up there. Do you guys have any final thoughts here before we say goodbye to our listeners? Uh, I'm definitely not as high on the Bucks as you are, but other than that, I'm all good. I'm all okay. good. I'm all good. <laughs> all right. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, let's wrap things up there on episode 68. Thank you. Thank you for uh, checking us out and then sticking with us for episode 68. Uh, please, please check out our website, weeklyspiral.com. We will be revamping it soon, so um, we'll let you know probably on the next episode when things are, are switched and, and you want to check out our new format, our new layout, all the new content that we have coming out. Um, before we wrap it up here, I want to give my co-hosts a chance to plug some of the things you should keep an eye on. Casey, do you want to let the listeners know about some of your content coming out? Yeah, if the Packers defense makes you sad like it sometimes makes me sad and you want to know why they're so bad at defending the run, you can take a look at youtube.com slash weekly spiral this this coming week because i'll be breaking down why the packers struggle defending the run nice there you go Uh, and derrigan what about you man yeah i got a scouting report on byu quarterback zach wilson who went from being undrafted prospect to a top 10 selection awesome awesome excited for both of those this has been a weekly spiral production bringing you fresh football every single week Thank you again for sticking with us for episode 68. We we hope whatever else you get up to the rest of the day, it is awesome. And we will catch you next week for episode 69. Nice. Nice.